podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Saturday Draft Live. Rumours of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. It is me, the goat David Campbell, joined by Mr. David Hockney. David, how are you? <laughs> what, was the, what was with the long pause there? It's like you almost forgot who I was. No, no, just giving you the intro that you deserve. Uh, ah, yeah, just take, just take a moment to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, just, just savour it. And you've, you've done God's work with the listeners league. You know, oh, I mean, you know, I have to say, you're being very humble today. Is um, are you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to be nice to my way out. You know, I, you know what they say: never leave it too late to tell the people you love that you love them. And I want to say to all of you that I now tolerate you as people. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but we'll get right into the scores on the doors for this week. So, in third place, Dave, we actually have. A new AEW Women's World Champion. She beat Dr. Britt Baker DMD inside a steel cage. She, whether people were no selling thumbtacks or not, it was a great match and a great victory. Five points on the board for Thunder Rosa this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying to Scott uh, on Central this week that, that this match could have gone either way, but WWE had this habit of, you know, having baby faces losing their hometowns in big matches. AEW obviously doing the exact opposite. It's benefited Andy and Ross massively because I think Thunder Rosa is currently their second highest scorer just behind Hangman Page now. So it's, uh, I mean, for a team that's not done great this season, it's a much needed boost for them. And it's a, a great, great scoring for, for Rosa. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And if you look at that, that fourth round, um, she's the second highest fourth round pick, um, just one point shy of Darby Allen. And you've got to think, maybe looking at the next few weeks, maybe Rosa takes that spot as the best, best fourth round pick. But fourth round this time round, Dave, do you think, considering that we're going away from the tag season again next season, right? Mm-hmm. So there's more people involved. What round do you think Thunder Rosa goes in now that she's the, the women's champion in AEW? Oof, I think she's got to be at least rounds two or three. Mm-hmm. Round about there. So two, yeah, two I'd say is a safe bet. Three would be very much pushing it. Round one, I mean, somebody might take a gamble on her in a round one pick, given how many people usually compete. But I think a safe bet, as I'm usually with safe bets, I think she's a firm round two pick, maybe an early round two pick. Yeah. Does she go be- before or after Dr. Britt Baker now? Ooh, that's difficult to say because Britt Baker does get featured a lot, especially when they're interviews with Tony Schiavone a lot. So I think it really sort of balances out, you know, who's going to have the most matches, who's going to appear the most. But I think anybody worth their salt, even a new draft competitor, would be would be wise to stick with the champion ahead of their, their top challenger. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, we've got a tie for second place this week. Um, both of them feature in the top 10 for the season. One may be more surprising than the other. The first eight points this week for Bianca Belair. Um, she's part of Mick Lopez with Cheese, uh, looking to gain steady momentum, carry them in to WrestleMania. The other, another eight points this week, Dave, for Daniel Campbell of America, Mr. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> he is now sitting at 57 points for the season, which puts him just four points shy of Brock Lesnar. First question, do you see a world where Tony Schiavone walks out of this season as the top scorer? Uh, you know what? Unless Brock Lesnar gets featured on both Raw and SmackDown in the last two weeks leading up to Mania, I think Tony Giovanni might actually be in with a chance here. But um, because both Lesnar and Tony are the team captains for the respective teams, Brock yeah. Lesnar, of course, being uh, team captains of the Nightmares of the North, uh, it's... Uh, it would not surprise me if Tony Schiavone ends up as the, the highest scorer this season because he has the captaincy applied. He appears constantly throughout AEW. Yeah. It, on appearances alone, he has proven to be a massive, massive scorer. And But Brock has not been competing in matches and he's only scheduled to compete at WrestleMania now. So I don't know if the, the appearances are going to outweigh each other here in favour of Tony. Yeah. So, I mean, it's certainly possible. But... Just going to Bianca really quickly. Those eight points have now bumped her into the top 10 season over, overall. With 33 points, uh, she's putting her in ninth place and now overtaking Becky Lynch, uh, who's been That's knocked down to 10th, and is only one point behind CM Punk uh, on 34 points. Yeah, Brock aside, and I think we've said what we want to say about Brock, that Bianca is the next person I do think can maybe end up the top scorer, depending on how the next few weeks go. And if she gets that title win with the captaincy applied at Mania, there is a chance that she could jump all the way to the top. But it's an interesting one. Bianca, always a solid pick. See how if she beats Becky at Mania, champion going into the next season, you've got to maybe look at her as one of the top two picks, potentially overall. But someone else whose stock has, has risen since we did the draft, I think. Kevin Owens, sitting at four. 14 points for the week, Dave. Mm. 14 points. It's a massive, massive haul uh, for KO. He's not someone who is quite often slept on when it comes to the draft. He has been part um, of winning teams before in the past. And mm. I think with getting him in the third round, you look at Jim and Steven here, the top scorer for a third-round pick. A truly, truly remarkable place to get Kevin Owens. Yeah, it was... Um, when I first heard Jim and Steven pick Kevin Owens, I thought that was a bit of a gamble because I didn't see any solid programme for him going into Mania. He doesn't have a high-profile match at Mania. It's more, it feels more like just a segment or, at the very least, a cinematic match. Uh, but you know what? Kevin Owens' appearances on Raw and he's getting consistent wins as well. I mean, it's... Having Jim and Steven put the captaincy on him has pretty much paid off because he's now their, their team's highest scorer, overtaking CM Punk as a result. And he's also, I believe, the second highest third-round pick, first obviously being Brock Lesnar. But then again, the Elimination Chamber performance <laughs> sort, of, sort of carried that that lead. But Kevin Owens has actually proven to be a standout in the, the third-round picks when I don't think anybody suspected he was going to be a big scorer. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But we're going to get to the, the weekly table now. In last place, it's Ryan Gallagher, 
with 58 points. Um, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> moving on to the B-sharps, Andy Ross, 60, 76.5 points. Uh, Billy and Stacey, the nightmares of the North. They had a, a nice wee run at the start. Now they're, they're settled in near the bottom of the table, 79 points. Uh, Tom and Alan, the big boys champions, the champion big boys, um, 98.5 points. Uh, the Market Street Posse, 109 points, followed by Men in a Mission, 2.0, rising steadily. 122 points for you guys. Sexy Express, 135 points. The team of that Listeners League loser and new guy uh, doing quite well. Uh, The quintessential stud muffins, 146.5 points. Are in second place. And just ahead of them, David looks like we'll have our second person, potentially, to win the draft on their debut. And our first three-time winner. Lopez with mm. G, Scott McLeod and Chris Anthony Lopez. What do you think about the chances heading into to, to WrestleMania, Dave? We're really getting to the business end of it. Mm. It looks like it could be between uh, those two teams. Like, what mm. do you think? Who, who do you think has the best chance of coming out on top? Yeah, I think what you've said there is it's at the minute it's looking like it's going to be between those two teams. You know, we'll have a. And if that path continues, we'll have a first ever first time winner, and nope. we'll have second time, oh, second time first time winner. Beg your Who pardon. Was the first? You Dave. were. You were. I was. Yeah. <laughs> never forget. Uh, but yeah, I think between Scott and Stephen, one of them looks like they could become the first three time champion. Now, if I'm going to take a, I'm just going to have a quick nosy at their tables just to get an idea of. Now, I think Scott and Chris. They look like they're in a good, a better position because they have Bianca Belair in the Raw Women's Title match. They've got Carmelo Hayes in the Stand and Deliver ladder match. Which, I mean, if history is to be reviewed, it doesn't usually favor the champion. But let's not forget they also have Kaylee Ray, who, despite being their lowest scorer, looks like they're on the on the cusp of winning the Women's Dusty Cup. So there's plenty of opportunity for them, and not taking away their AEW picks of Moxley, Sammy Guevara and Jurassic Express, all big players yeah, in AEW. Yeah. You're looking at Moxley going on this tag run with Brian Danielson, and that's a steady sort of income of points until payday. And you know what's really funny? Jim and Steven have Brian Danielson, so they're basically nah, operating... Yeah, it's two sides of one tag team between these two teams here, and it's, it's one of those things. Whereas Jim and Steven, they've got the Creed Brothers in the NXT tag title match. CM Punk, I'm not sure what's happening with him now. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley is obviously in the women's title match, the women's tag title match at Mania, which is a fatal four-way, which yeah. doesn't favor them entirely. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens obviously has that segment with Austin, but I think if he gets regular wins on the next two Raws, it might bump them up a little bit. Dana yeah. Brooke, I think, is where it's going to let them down because I don't see any solid program for her except maybe a comedy angle for Mania. So my early prediction, it looks like Scott and Chris are in a better position to win here. I could see a world in which Kevin Owens does the KO show. Is the KO show booked for Saturday night? It's for know. Saturday, yeah. I see a world in which the KO show happens Saturday to set up a match for the Sunday, potentially. And With Austin going over, though? I don't know. Probably. Because he, he already went out on his back against the Rock at Mania 19. Surely that yeah. should be it done and dusted. Surely that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I don't think this is a win and done for Austin. I can see him getting the bug back. And when you look at the stars, he's the only star from the past they haven't like run dry. You know what I mean? They have there would be a big, big name to bring back for some matches and actually get people excited. So I don't know. 
could Stone Cold Steve Austin be picked for next season? That is a that is a, a that is a we never thought we would have have to answer here on Saturday Draft Live, but it's something we're looking at, Dave. It's something that could happen. I don't see it happening if I'm being honest. Just let him enjoy his retirement. Let him enjoy his life on the the Texas ranch. Let him enjoy his podcast. Let him enjoy his beer. Just please don't put him in the ring when he's in his mid to late fifties. He has a he's had neck surgery and He's already a big contributor for WWE still, just in his own way. But please don't, for the for the love of God, please don't risk his health by putting him in the in the ring again. Put him in the ring, uh, Dave. It's time to go to the, the yes. League. Let us know what's happening. <laughs> and you know what? Just because you were nice to me in the intro, I'm going to make this a little bit easier for you. So, uh, fifth place, Stuart Irvin in the Collective of Greatness, 139 points. Stuart uh, and his very AEW heavy team. Uh, Obviously, a big win for Thunder Rosa is what's keeping him, uh, has bumped him up to fifth place here. Next, we have Lee McAteer with Extreme Progress, who's making a lot of uh, extremely good progress here, bumping up to fourth place. Uh, 23 points scored this week alone pushes him up to fourth place on 147 points. Third place, we have Fraser Graham with Frasman's All-Stars, 151.5 points. Again, he was the big scorer this week with 24.5 points overall. Seth Rollins being his team captain, uh, John Moxley getting a win on AEW, and Rhea Ripley and Kevin Owens also getting uh, featured as well. Second place, Craig Forsyth with, insert name here, the laziest name ever, laziest team name ever is what we should be recalling it there. 157 points uh, overall for Craig. Uh, One of the newest members of the Listeners League uh, as well. Tony Schiavone as his team captain is definitely what's keeping him keeping him afloat here. And we know we've said Tony Schiavone is in potential for being the biggest scorer of the season. Uh, but that's brought Craig up to second place. Uh, and still top of the table this week, scoring 21.5 points overall this week. It's Adam Callier with how much wood could Brom Breaker break if Brom Breaker could break wood. Adam Callier, Listeners League veteran. Again, Tony Schiavone is his team captain with Kevin Owens boosting up the up the scores here. He's only... He's less than nine point, less than ten points ahead of Craig at the minute, so it's, it could still all change in the coming weeks. But at the minute, Adam Kelly seems to have a, a very well balanced team, which is what I like to see. Although I think Alexa Bliss's absence might hold him back a little bit, so we could see some some changes in the uh, in the standings of the listeners' league towards WrestleMania. Should have taken that bet, Dave. Um, I'm actually when you were going through, mm-hmm. I was looking at the team names. There are actually quite a good few good ones this year. The big Ross man, Ross Brady, enjoy that. Uh, Veer far wherever Mahan. Uh, yeah, I is, saw that one. That was good. one of my favourites. Um, Robert fucking Shaw um, <laughs> and the yes. Glass Bastards, which is something that I just had to say one more time. Robert fucking Shaw, I will always uh, despise you. Um, and there's I, always uh, and there's 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 team mid table as well, which is currently at the bottom of the table on on sixty nine points though. Nice, Paddy. What a moron. Um, I will say Adam Cali sent me a nice tweet, so to say goodbye and say he appreciated me. So I'm rooting for Adam Callie to win and come back up for the for the big season next season. Uh, Dave, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Just to round us out. Next season, big season, Mania to SummerSlam. In terms of, we always talk about the favourite picks, right? The, the, the gems that people should be having a look at. What picks next season out of the big names of the draft, do mm. you have a feeling people should avoid that should you avoid. might have a bad season 
next season. Do you have any predictions for that? Hmm. One name that's screaming out to me is Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Because his WWE status is usually a bit up in the air. And this is the, I think this is the most consistent program that he's had in draft history, I would say. Because, you know, Mania, after Mania 36, he disappeared for best part of 18 months. Yeah. And he's only come back to do a consistent program with Roman going into this Mania. I don't see him winning the unification match at Mania. I think he might disappear afterwards and just let Roman run rampant all the way up to SummerSlam or wherever it happens to be. But Brock Lesnar being the big scorer this week, I suppose it was it was safe given that as the most consistent program. I don't see where he goes after this, though. That's my problem. It's kind of like Shawn Michaels in 2009. He basically disappeared after Mania 25 against Undertaker and didn't reappear until SummerSlam that year. So that's the example of a big name not scoring points for pretty much a full season. I think Brock Lesnar's the big red flag here. It's an interesting one because he's been announced for WrestleMania Backlash up to Money in the Bank, apparently, on the pay-per-view listings, but that's subject to change. Subject to change. Yeah, Ronda's the same. But Mm -hmm. I do see Ronda sticking about. Aye, same. I think my names are going to be a bit... maybe a bit controversial. One is Cody Rhodes. Mm. I could see him in a very limited wrestling schedule um, when he comes into WWE. And it's been confirmed he has signed mm-hmm. um, as of this morning. The other who looks like a safe sort of bet, I'd maybe go for Wardlow. Because I think people will be tempted by Wardle because of the recent pushes, right? Mm. I don't know if they'll lose faith in him. Because I'm not sure how his promo game is. Mm. So that's... that's I would be trepid. And this is maybe a guy who's been saying he's going to pick Wardlow for the past two years. <laughs> at some point. You know, I'm all for Wardlow. I think he's great. But it's not setting the world on fire for me yet. No. And I don't know how long they're going to stretch out that MGF feud. So I would maybe, yeah. I'd maybe be hesitant about it. I think if someone to pick Wardlow would have been this season and you would have got some good points. Like, I don't know if we have that, um, those figures to hand. I'm going to see if I can get that. But mm. you know what I'm saying with Wardlow? I think it would be a tempting one on the surface, but maybe it wouldn't work. In fact, it would have been great. 23 points, he would have scored someone this season. Um, yeah, not I, bad. I don't think that's going to repeat, personally. No, I don't think so. Can I throw out another name there? Actually, I'll I'll throw out two names there. Because they're both involved in the same match at Mania. Mm -hmm. Edge and AJ Styles. Mm. Both of them, Edge scoring four points this season. AJ Styles only scoring two. Two Two of the biggest names in history of WWE. And they're getting points like that. I don't see what are they supposed to do for me. Well, unless they get a big resurgence on the build to SummerSlam, because it is a long season. You have to think about long-term booking. Yeah. I don't see anything short-term for either of these guys after Mania, no matter who comes out the winner. Maybe Edge will win and then he'll disappear, maybe go into his his darkness role, as it were. Yeah. But um, I don't see either of them scoring big coming out of Mania. No, I agree. I agree. You don't need to talk to me about AJ. I know exactly uh, that he's been pushed uh, this season. But, well, actually, um, no. 
Big E. Because of his neck injury. Ah, well, of course. Yeah, that's that's elementary, my dear Dawson. But, you know, that's, uh, unless he has a miraculous, miraculous recovery, I don't see anyone going there. Um, right, I'll leave you to it, Dave. Pleasure as always. Yeah, and, likewise. Yeah, our last show together on Saturday Draft Live. Oh, so, God. Yeah, um, see you down the road. All right, but for now, enjoy the rest of the content and get Neat Sleep Super X Retweet. Um, I believe it's you who will be back next week, Scott yes. Cloud. Um, so for now, it's goodbye from me and from and David Hockney. And goodbye from him. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Podcast Network.